Hi, I'm Jada. I decided to do this podcast called The Club No One Wants To Be A Part Of when my mother died. And I say died as to me passing sounds so gentle. It's like a transition, passing through to something new it seems. It seems soft, but when my mother died, it wasn't the case. It wasn't gentle. It was a shock. It was painful and it was a blow to all our systems. It happened five months ago now, on the 26th of October, 2018, and it rocked our lives. Mine, my little sisters and my little brothers, they're only 22 and 23. Her siblings and a mother she left behind. Suddenly, I was thrust into this whole new world without her. And now I feel I want to share a little about her, about death, about grieving, life, love and all that comes in between and about our new normal with anyone who wants to listen and anyone it might help because one thing I found that helped was speaking to others like me for it just gave me something to know that other people knew what it was to go through this who'd been there and to see what it's now like finding ourselves in this new place. I came from a fairly diverse family. We're biracial and we live in different parts of the world. I'm currently in the UK. Um, I was born in the States but have been here since I was six. My mother, Diana, was mixed race. Her mother is white British and her father was Nigerian. They met, fell in love and married, still in an age when there was a big thing to do this. My nan had never even travelled abroad and there she was in her early 20s, up and taking a job she found in the papers in Nigeria. Their story is pretty amazing and I'll tell it at some point um, in the future, just remind me. My mother ended up living in Nigeria however she lived there after having been in the UK and in the States for many years and I I ended up staying in the UK and being raised by my grandmother in London three times a year I went to Nigeria and once a year she came here I'm currently now in Bristol and when she died she was in Lagos in Nigeria and that in itself added a whole new dynamic to it all I was here with my grandmother and aunt and we had postponed her visiting due to finances since I'd seen her and spent lots of time with her at Christmas with my little boy and my husband. Something I often think of now and the concept of seizing the day and not worrying about money as you can't take it with you but the memories that are always here and left behind. This in itself was a whole new world for me. When death occurs and you're across the world and suddenly everything has to be organised and you have to get there and you're talking to family there and they're on the ground and already dealing rapidly with funeral arrangements and making decisions and you're being brought in and on Skype and being told that this is how it's done here. It's a whirlwind and shock, especially when it's out of nowhere. Part of you wants it to stay put. You just don't want to go there. You want to stay where you know, not board the plane. As here, it's not real. 
But there, once your feet hit terra firma and you are out of the clouds and in that country and travelling to what was her home, everything then is real. So the day she died, I think I knew already. I didn't call the day after she'd been in hospital. I didn't call that morning. I just sent my little brother a text asking how she doing. I think I knew in my heart of hearts what the answer was going to be. You see, the day before when she'd been taken into hospital, at first it was a bit of a, I don't know, just something where you felt that, oh, it'd be, she'll be fine. Um, it's just a little blip. Oh, she's just stressed. Well, the next day, I found out she died in the very early hours. And when I sent my 8am message, she was already dead. But I wouldn't know that until at least 12 o'clock. I had no reply from him after I sent the text message, so I went to work. Scared, I know, as I called my friend who also worked with me, as I went in to say, oh, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know how she is. I have a bad feeling. And she said, don't worry, she'll be fine. So I got on with work. It was a beautiful sunny day. Seemed like every other day. And I continued at work. And I received a phone call from my aunt and then my little brother. And I ignored them. Even though I knew my mother was in hospital, I didn't call them back. And I got on with work for another hour. Because in that hour, she was still alive in my head. Then I had to go out, and when I was out, I made the decision that I would call. But I decided to call my brother first, because I realised then that I wanted to hear whatever I was going to hear from him. And I knew it was going to change my life. I knew the connection of siblings would be needed somehow. And that's when he told me to remain calm, and he said, please be strong. It will be okay. And that's when he said, Jada, mum's died. And that's the moment everything changed and life after mum began. Now after the autopsy, we found out it was from an aortic dissection and enterocolitis. However, even though with an aortic dissection, when it happens, you have up to about 24 hours before you die. And unless you have specialists or someone who knows what they are doing, and a heart specialist at that, it's hard work, and the person still might not pull through. Yet there are ways for diagnosing this, and it can be picked up in advance. She didn't have to die. She had been going to the doctor for months and months, and he hadn't picked up anything, and in fact kept saying to her, oh, it's just probably malaria, you're run down. And he kept her on antibiotics for up to two months, which you just wouldn't do here. And she would talk to me on FaceTime and say, I just don't feel well. I just don't feel right. I'm so tired. Then she thought, maybe it's the menopause. It's caught up with me. And I didn't get past it. My mother was young. Her birthday was last week and she would have been 59. She wasn't a mother in the sense you probably think when someone tells you their mother has 
past of an elderly woman, a frail woman, one that you wouldn't hang out with at a night out. This is a mum that looked like my sister, like an older sister. This is a mum who would dance the night away at a jazz cafe or go to a concert and rock out, who had this huge curly hair that just became her trademark and made everyone smile, slim and vibrant. She could rock a bikini and a belly chain, who would laugh this head-back raucous laugh and turn heads full of life, who only a few years ago got me to take her to get a tattoo done, to which my little brother said at the time, mothers aren't meant to have tattoos. And she rocked a nose ring alongside my little sister. She was fun, cool and energetic and caring, a humanitarian, and she did things with her life for others, always. And that was so special. That was one of the most special things about her. She always put others first. She was socially aware, conscious. She started up a youth group trying to help them empower themselves, become emotionally aware, find jobs, and become socially responsible adults and learn how to navigate the world. She worked with orphanages and children of all ages. This was her passion. But she had a team building company as well that she started and she did events before in the past and once ran a jazz club and worked for a long time in the family business. She never had a lot of money, often struggling. Every bit of money she had spare would go to us, her kids, to people in need, putting children through school or as I found out on her death, sponsoring another youth through his studies at university. She was an amazing person. And this became even more apparent when she died, when all these people turned up to her funeral, more than her family knew she had touched. Over 500 and more who sent tributes in. There was just so many. There were memorial services put on for her by other people, other groups that we had the privilege of going to. Jazz tribute nights were played on the radio for her that week. This is how she had touched so many people's lives. The amount of youths who said she'd been like a mother to her, to them. A mentor. Many orphans who were without mothers had said that she had meant so much to them. It was all so humbling being amongst them and hearing these messages. Yet she still died. And I've been trying to find a way to cope with this since to reconcile the fact that good people die, and often before their time, and in awful ways. To learn to work through the emotions of pain, shock, anger, no rage, and hopelessness surrounding it. And I'm hoping this podcast will help me, and maybe one or two of you out there as well. I found sometimes listening to someone else's story helps you feel just that little less alone, and you can understand where they are coming from, and think maybe they can understand you too. So I'm Jada. I'm 39 this April. I have a magic little boy called Atlas, soon to be two, a wonderful husband called Chino, and this is my podcast. They say time's a healer. Well, I haven't found that yet. It just seems to get harder. But maybe talking it through all the stages will ease some of the pain. I'd like you to message in if you want it would be great to hear from you. I'd like to hear from other people with their stories, get to know you as well, interview and work with others and work out 
this thing, this new normal together. If you're here, I assume, you might be part of this club too. And hey, we're in this club no one wants to be a member of together. Thanks for listening.